Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Baseball for Breakfast, your weekly serving of dingers and zingers. So here we are discussing more baseball. Uh, a lot has happened within the last week. Uh, nothing much to update on the free agent market in the hot stove. It's still pretty quiet, which is expected with the whole COVID landscape. But yeah, there's been some drama with MLB over the last few weeks. And we mentioned on this podcast how Tony La Russa was hired as the manager of the White Sox. And he's gotten into some trouble as that has came up recently. Also, Robinson Cano getting a year-long suspension. So there's a lot to update. Also, our main thesis for the episode will be moving over to the National League East. Similar to last week where we previewed the offseason for each AL East club. We'll do the same thing for the National League East, but before we get to that, I want to introduce you know my friends, my anchors, Matt Nadell, Logan Strobin. How anchors you guys doing? Anchors in more than one sense of the word. Uh, we were that gonna do that was actually really that was romantic as hell. That was so cute. <laughs> we were we were gonna do the American League Central, or at least we were thinking about it, and then Robinson Cano decided to test positive, and we were I... like, oh, I guess we're talking about the Mets this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's. Let's let's talk about the National League East, a very interesting division. Uh, something uh, it's a division that, besides the top team, I think a lot of us were a little bit surprised at how it all finished, even though it was a sixty game stretch. I was just surprised that everyone sucked. Everyone sucked. Basically, yeah. Were, the Braves were good; they couldn't pitch the whole year, and then every other team in that division literally sucked. And then the Marlins were like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. Boy. Every team that was supposed to be good was not good, and every team that was supposed to be bad was good, a.k.a. Yeah. Los Marlins. Before we talk about the Nationals, the... Not the Nationals, the, the, the Nationals. Braves won the NL East. No, but I do. I thought we were... Yeah, I agree. We gotta talk, talk about La Russa. Well, yeah, we gotta talk about gotta La Russa. Gotta get this out of the way. Well, we're gonna talk about La Russa. Well, no, when? We're talking about it right now. Yeah, he's gonna be hired by the Nationals. That's why we're talking about La Russa. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't get fired yet. He just got hired. <laughs> This so, is, only the Mets could hire someone and then fire him a month later. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, all right. So, so Tony La Russa, a Hall of Fame manager, decides, hey, I'm coming back this time with the White Sox. Cardinals fans everywhere are crying. But he comes back with the White Sox. And then all of a sudden, the public finds out that he's busted for a DUI. It wasn't just a DUI. It was a DUI with an attitude problem where oh. he like, was like, "There's, I think he's on video or radio talking really belligerently to the cop about, like, do you know who I am? Where it's like, no one, A, no one cares who I have my ring. Yeah. Here's my ring. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Many of them. Yeah. But two, please. It's not that serious. No, he has three. Oh, he's three. It's 1989 with the A's. No, I'm just going to flex that I know World Series winners. 1989 with the A's, uh, 2006 with the Cardinals, and then 2011 with St. Louis. Um... So he's very impressive. You know, he could flex his rings all he wants on the on the police. You know, and you know the, those dirty pigs. You know, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not political on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So 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 the White Sox knew about the DUI and they still hired him. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's back it in February. Happened. This yeah, is not only a recent like thing, but the, the day before they hired him. With the breaking of the news, like. <laughs> it happened the day of, actually. <laughs> he was drunk. No, well, obviously. He got hired. No. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? No, but after, like, you know, it was reported that LaRusa got the job, um, it came back out, at least back out, that this happened back in February, and I believe that the the case was refiled, like, in Arizona, the, the state that it, the, the case happened. Yeah, so. they might have, like, refiled it. I'm not sure what the... the, the oh, no, what? It's retirement home. I agree. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this is not a done deal for La Russa, but it's something that the White Sox have publicly said that they're not super concerned about, that they knew about this going into the hire, so... It's not. I mean, it wasn't. It's not. It wasn't great optics anyway. Bringing Larusa back, especially with the, the things he said about like um, uh, African American baseball players and how he can connect to today's you know baseball players. So it wasn't like really a popular hire anyway. And you know, people, you know, baseball Twitter and whatever has not been, you know, has been calling for Larusa's head. So I don't expect it personally. I think they'll just kind of just wait for this to, this story to clog out. I mean, it sucks because it damages LaRusse's legacy as a great manager. And, like, obviously this doesn't have to do with him, like, cheating or anything. It's not like Pete Rose when he was a player manager for the Reds and he bet on his own team. Like, He's just not a great guy. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, you, could have, you could have opinions on the whole Pete Rose thing all you want, but the LaRusse stuff, I mean, look, we as fans of sports, we, we've seen plenty of DUIs. So we, we know that this kind of stuff blows over. But the fact that it comes into the storm of, oh, you know, he's already in the Hall of Fame, should he be hired? Oh, is he going to work with all the young players in the White Sox? Like Brendan said, it's not a great look for for Chicago. See, I totally forgot that he said racist stuff. That, like, I, that's part of the problem. Well, he's an old white man. Well, I agree. It's a requirement. <laughs> no, but that's part of the problem as a fan is that I'm sure a lot of fans do not remember that. A, because they might not have been alive, but B, the old ones probably don't even care anymore. And that's a problem in itself. I didn't remember that. Keep in mind that this is a young, as it should be, diverse team. And now he's a manager that not only is racist, but also broke the law. Like, that's not a great optic at all. Like, if you're the White Sox, you have to be kicking yourself. And I don't understand why they're so loyal. I don't I don't get it at all. It, it was uh, Jerry Reinsdorf hire. It, it, he, I think he made, like, he pretty much superseded the GM. And was like, I, this is the guy I want. I guess. That seems like an owner type of hire. That's yeah. not like a logical hire. It wasn't a like, logical I, I, hire. I seriously doubt there was other interviews taking place besides maybe A.J. Hinch. And, but I think LaRusso was their guy. And they might... Yeah, Hinch would have been good. <laughs> let's bring, yeah, let's bring up... Let's cheater bring, or an alcoholic? I don't know which one. <laughs> let's bring Carlos Beltran. Let's do it. Put him in a better hire, actually. He'll get a job. Be with the Mets, but he'll get a job. Yeah, as a janitor. Anyway. <laughs> we can move on to the National League East preview. With last one, I think it was important just to bring up, like, there was more information that came out, you know, after LaRusse's hire that we didn't address last week, but... No, of course, it's very important. Um, yeah, well, especially because the White Sox are probably the best up-and-coming team in easily. the American League. Like, we've Denver said this Padres. for... Well, in American League, yes. Yeah. So, we've said... That they're AL giants that have been dominating the American League for, I don't know, the last three, four years. You have, like, the Yankees, Twins, uh, A's, and then you could talk really about the Indians. No, I know. I'm getting yeah. to that. And then, like, the, the Rays and slash the Red Sox, but not anymore. But, like, the Rays, the Indians, and the Astros. So, like, those teams have pretty much dominated the AL for a long time, what it feels like now. So, the White Sox being an up-and-coming team is super exciting for a lot of fans of AL teams. I'm sure you're excited about new competition, Logan. I'm down. I agree. Um, but it's like, oh, why, why did you have to do that? <laughs> why did you have to hire La Russa? Why yeah, did, like, like, yeah, Rick Renteria <laughs> so Matt was a nominee for Manager of the Year, and the White Sox even congratulated his nomination. Yeah, and then they're like, also, no you, time to hire Tony La Russa, Hall of Famer. It's no way a joke. Uh, heck yeah. Honestly, I, I don't think La Russa will last more than a year or two. 
I just yeah. don't think it's gonna work out. It's you think he's gonna just like die or? Just oh no die? no! I know. I think they'll, they'll I think they'll 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 mutually part ways after a year or two. Uh, it's like when the Red Sox hired Bobby Valentine and like it was terrible. Oh yeah, from like the second it happened. Yeah. and like it was like I think it was like a year or so, and then and then they got John Farrell like right after. But yeah. I don't see this like off to a, a rough start. I just don't see uh, you know. It's unfortunate because he has an outstanding legacy, but that's why he have to win a lot of games. That's really why you vote. Before, that's Which why he might do. He might, but it, it might, might not, not be, be his him. fault, anyways. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it might not be him. It might just be you know his team, Louis Bobbert, and yeah. the boys. Yeah. So the the next thing that we introduced in the episode was Cano, which I think is best suited to just wait with the Mets because I think it's hilarious. We got to see it in the whole picture as it is. <laughs> well, we, okay. Do you want to introduce it now? Well, I, I just want to like briefly. Because, you know, Cano is relevant to the Mets offseason, but... Do you want to go reverse? Because last time we went first to last. Let's. Do you want to do last to first this time? Well, I, I just want to talk about Cano, like, in the Hall of Fame, because, like, his legacy. I actually, yeah, I, I think we could do a little bit of both. Let's talk about Cano right now. Let's go right into, let's go right into the let's Mets. Let's do it. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I like okay, that. That's good. So Cano's not getting in the Hall of Fame. Okay, now let's talk about the Mets. No, yeah, this no. is... This is no. We were actually talking about this, like, last week or a couple days ago, about, like, who's the best show, uh, second baseman ever. And we're like scratching to find names, right? There's like a couple guys. Yeah, but Joe, Morgan, like on is, that Joe list. Morgan is probably the biggest one that we can think yeah. of, at least off the bat. Hornsby. Yeah, Roger Hornsby, who's second all time in batting average, is definitely up there. Yeah. But like, really, like, Cano's hitting is like, is beyond, he's like, it's historic. Like, he, I think he's, what is he, second in home runs in second baseman? Oh, I, like, I'm not sure about that, but definitely up there. He's, yeah. Like, it's very, very, very heartbreaking to see that he's done it. And then the first time was like, whoa, like that's really out of pocket. The second time, it's like, well, now you're just the worst. Like now, I hate you again. Also, two t- uh, two suspensions in the last three years. So these are all like pretty recent, you know. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I, as a Yankee fan, watching Cano, um, not even in like, because I became a Yankees fan in like 2007, 2000. The first game I ever watched was the Bug game in 2007. But like 2008 and onward, like. You could talk about Jeter and A-Rod and Teixeira and, and Matsui, Posada, Swisher, all of those guys. But Cano was the guy who was an MVP candidate for pretty much, like, that whole time until yeah. he left. He came in second, I think, one year. Yeah, he was a beast. Yeah, he was, like, top five in, like, I don't know, five or six consecutive years. He was a great all-around guy that had a swagger to him that a lot of Yankee fans loved. And then he went to Seattle and he grew a beard and I was a little bit upset, but it's fine. Um, and he was still great. He wasn't the same as who he was in the Yankees. I don't think I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to be who he was in New York. Um, Short Porsche. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. All right. Realistically, the homers disappeared a bit, and then the, the average batting average stayed. stayed. Yeah, yeah he's batting average stayed. Of course, hitter. it was going to stay. Yeah, yeah, he's an incredible. I hitter. wouldn't expect anything less. Um, until, of course, it was revealed that. You know, he he, he took a drug to that cover was, up a to drug. cover yes. up a drug. Now I've done research on on the whole on um, the drug that he took and MLB protocol about it, and they, he wouldn't have gotten suspended if the MLB couldn't prove that he was actually covering up steroids. Interesting. I did research on the drug, and I I also found that it's not it's not illicit. Well, I don't know if it's legal in America. Well, it probably is. It's not illicit to the MLB. Unless, I guess, there is suspicion. Yeah, I guess yeah. So. Yeah. so. So, I think an investigation was... It, it, through an investigation, it was discovered that, you know, he was trying oh, to yeah. cover up something bad. 
and he got suspended for it. It's a year-long suspension, so I don't think they well, would, like, that, risk... The, well, well, that, we're talking about the, about the 80 game suspension with Seattle. That first one was, it was for... He oh, I, well, for, well, for, I think for any, like, significant suspension, they're going to do their due diligence and... Yeah. Re- no, 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 I know. I'm just giving out the facts. No, no, I, I'm agreeing with you. Facts uh, pretty much, if you no, but I, I, I don't think it would just, they would pop on a test and say, oh, hey, like, see ya, like, suspended. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of due diligence went into that. Then he gets traded to the Mets with um, Edwin Diaz, Ed Luz, um, and it, like he's on his last legs. Cano, obviously, like he's he's like he was like 37 when he got traded, and he's going to be 40 when he oh. when his contract. Yeah, is he's still kind of dogging it. I have an interesting nugget though to talk about when he was traded to the Mets. So okay, at, at like his at his uh, his introductory press conference and. Because then agent Brody Van Wagen and now like GM, he, um, Brody addressed like his steroid issue with Se- well his failed test in Seattle and Brody pretty much implied that it was kind of um there was extenuating circumstances that led to his failed test and it really wasn't like actually you know taking like a steroid it was more so like for I don't know he, he implied that like there was that Cano like kind of got like screwed or like he gave him the gonna, alibi. He yeah. gave him the out. His, but Brody's job was to defend Cano. That's but like, but Brody was Cano's agent at the time that he was suspended, so he would theoretically have inside inf- info. But Brody did put his name on it that Cano was actually like innocent and whatever. Like he's not a cheat. Uh, what obviously, a, what a paladin obviously, <laughs> obviously, Cano and Brody in general didn't age well. That tweet did not age well. I, for Brody. I was going to say, yeah, which one lasted longer? Like, so, realistically. so, so now he gets busted. Full season long suspension, just like Aaron. Well, the actual drug is that like a, that's a steroid, right? Yeah. Like he got busted for it. Now he got busted for taking steroids. This yeah. is not him covering up taking steroids. This is him roiding up, shooting, shooting. No, the I think, I think, I, I, think don't know I think this is another masking agent. I need to check. I I, I think it. I think if I, I remember correctly from drugs and behavior sophomore year, uh-huh. it was it ended at ANOL, which is a steroid. So a steroid of um. Well, yes, so that would be a steroid, but you could cover up a steroid with a steroid. So I need to just check that. Let me see. So either way, he gets busted 162-game suspension or season-long suspension, depending on how long the season is going to be. Yeah. So he's, he's Dunzo McBunzo for this season. $24 million he forfeited. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't forfeit it, but like the Mets are like, no, thank you. Um, or the no, insurance. No, no, I don't think he isn't. No, he forfeits it. Yeah, I know, but it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to be valiant and give it up. It's like... He's stripped away of his salary. Exactly. That's, yeah. So, now I guess we could... Well, let's talk about his Hall of Fame candidacy. Yeah, I was going to say because... Yeah. The two suspensions have happened within the last three years, but I think now that he's proven, you know, he's gotten caught twice, and now, you know, maybe you do it once, maybe it's like, okay, maybe you give him maybe the benefit of the doubt, maybe, because he was such a great player for his whole career, but... Now you have multiple failed, you know, tests. Now it's like, all right, how many times haven't you been caught? And I think now, like, you you know, you go back to those. Every season you, that he's had, you have to put an asterisk on, you know. Cause Except been, for the ones with the Yankees. No, I, I think with the Yankees, you got to look at those and say, you know, you can maybe think of um, a story where maybe Cano gets traded to the Mariners or maybe he's, like, older. Well, he signed with the Mariners. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, Cano is moving to Seattle and, you know, has, has pressure to live up to the contract and wants to take steroids or he's, he's declining. He's not – his body is not responding as well as he used to and he wants to, you know, juice up and be a little bit more healthier and stronger. 
You can make that uh, that argument, but now you look you, you can't look at Cano even with the Yankees the same way that you that you once did because you know you get caught more than once. You know you definitely you definitely you know he definitely didn't only take it twice. Yeah, know? so I can provide the um, the chemistry here, and I'm a oh, little please. bit proud of myself because I actually did this pretty well. So the first time he he got busted, I forgot the like the class of drug he took a diuretic. Which mm. I know Matt and I were talking about a couple days That's ago. We were just which discussing. I thought was related to diarrhea. But right, it's not. It's, not. it's related to peeing. <laughs> so essentially, you t- like he took a diuretic. Um, you know what the MLB assumed would to flush it out of the system. What Brody actually said, and Brendan's a hundred percent right on this. When he got uh, when he got traded to the Mets, Brody said, "I want it to be clear he didn't test positive for a steroid. He tested positive for a diuretic." Call that straw argument what you want. Yeah. The second time around, he tested positive... Um, for diarrhea. <laughs> no. He tested positive... <laughs> I want to get the name of the drug right. Um, he tested positive for Stanozolol. Yeah. O-L-O-L. So it wasn't A-N-O-L. Uh, Either L-O-L. way, though. L-O-L. L-O-L. <laughs> Either way, anything, anything in O-L is a steroid, if you guys are just wondering at home. Kids don't take it if it ends in OL, unless you have asthma. If it starts with H-E-R and ends with O-I-N-E, also don't take that. I agree. Um, opioids, more like nopioids, continue. <laughs> yeah, drugs are bad kids. But yeah, so he, he took a steroid this time. Like, there's no... Like, yeah, that's, that's bad. He took the... He t- this, is, this is bad. It's bad on Brody. Not that it matters. It's... I don't, also, is he an agent now? No. Did he, well, oh, Brody, well, Brody is... He surrendered his firm. He left his firm... That was also like his firm, wasn't it? Like he was like he was like either a top guy at CAA, yeah, but he he's pretty much like got rid of his like like license and then like became a GM. Now he's not an executive anymore, and yeah, I, I don't think and well, now he's washed well, up well, and living in a truck. Dave yeah. Stewart was a an agent turned GM with the Diamondbacks, and he was he lasted like a few years with, with Arizona. So you know, not really great for GMs. Are we talking about like former agents. pitcher Dave Stewart? Yeah. Oh, Death Stare Dave. He was I a player. He was a player agent turned GM, and then he got like fired like a few years in. Ella Brody, and then I think Dave Stewart like went back to agenting a few years after. So that's probably where Brody's. But like now, like you're just you know. Honestly, if you're a player though, wouldn't you want your agent to lie for you? <laughs> like I feel as though that's a good. But he didn't have to say anything at the press conference. I know. No, but uh, yeah, well, he was well, never a good GM. <laughs> he was just not a, it was gently yeah. a bad trade at the time because we get. Well, Wait, right, I actually had no idea. Wait, hold on, I had no idea that Dave Stewart was a, an agent. That's hilarious. Did you know yeah. who the GM for the Diamondbacks? No. Oh, <laughs> I knew that Kirk Gibson was a GM for the Diamondbacks, but I had no idea. Oh, I had no idea. He was a, that's hilarious. Or not GM. He was a coach. I'm sorry. Dave Stewart. Oh, I think, yes, I knew he was a coach. Dave Stewart yes. made that infamous. Like he th- he traded Dansby Swanson for like Shelby Miller. Oh, was terrible. Oh, that was him. Well, yeah. Dave, Stewart, oh. Dave Stewart also like during the oh, I love Shelby during Miller. during the, <laughs> during the earthquake series in 1989 when there was an earthquake in San Francisco for the World Series. Dave Stewart like volunteered. He was on the A's and he volunteered in San Francisco to help out the the firefighters. What a hero. I know. Actually, that's though, that's I think he like cool gave thing. them. Well, I don't think he like actually like held a hose. I think he like, <laughs> I think he, like gave them donuts. But like, still a cool yeah, story. About Steve Buscemi <laughs> thing. How he like he like he worked in nine eleven. Did you see that? Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he's a firefighter. He went back to his own house. Actually, I did know that. Yeah, he's like a, he's like one of the brothers. Like an he's an awesome he's an awesome human being. Steve yeah. Buscemi watches movies. Yeah. Literally great. Reservoir Dogs. Like, of all the movies, yeah, he, I mean, yes, he is in that. It's Redden's favorite Tarantino movie because it's the shortest. Anyway, back to baseball. Oh, um, God. So, let's, so, 
Which, let's do the same as last time. We'll start well, with... Well, no, I want to I talk... Hold on, because I'm, I'm anti-steroid over here, so let me give my opinions on Cano. So, I... I did not think that... As soon as he got busted for the first thing, for the, for the cover-up, I was like, he's not a Hall of Famer. Now, even more so, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Now, he might get 0%. Like, now he might not get any votes, but it's about the legacy of steroid takers on the ballot, and it's about... Like, what this implication is on guys who were on the ballot this year. Well, I, I think they already voted. But, like, you know, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, if they don't get in this year, next year is their last year on the ballot. And it's going to be them and David Ortiz. So, and Ortiz is is very iffy in terms of steroids. I think he was, I think he's clean, but they, like, I think he was in the Mitchell report in, in Yeah, you and me both, but, yeah. No, no, I, I, so it's very debatable, but I think this Cano, um, issue is definitely gonna be much more strict for steroid users in the future. Like, obviously, Bonds and Clemens are, they're not exceptions, but there's a reason why they have so many votes, for Hall of Fame, for the Hall of Fame every year, and it's because they're the pretty much the best, the best in their to positions. ever do it. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Also, there's no like actual test that they te- you know that they tested positive for. Yeah, it's all like, word of mouth. No, but I'm but just like saying. Barry Bonds was busted for like perjury. So <laughs> yeah, that I, I, I wish these steroid users had and better like his, character because like they're all like like known well, to be not good people. Yeah, Barry Bonds like, is in the Balco's scandal. So yeah. like there uh, look, we, we could talk about the Hall of Fame in another well, episode, but my point is that the fact that Cano got busted twice and the fact that his Hall of Fame candidacy was up in the air before and now it's destroyed at the current moment speaks volumes for what Sarah users are going to get in the future on the Hall well, of Fame ballot. Here's my thing because I kind of like maybe I'll get the benefit of the doubt for one. Even I'm not like saying like if you get one positive test, like, you're fine with me, but I think if you have one, like, I'm willing to look at your other body of work throughout your career. Like, maybe you did it once, maybe you screwed up one time, but the rest of your career, like, you know, you weren't testing positive, like, you had, like, a, a solid track record that would warrant you being in the Hall of Fame. Now that you have two, it, it totally throws off that, like, goodwill, and you can't look at any season with, you know, the same the same eyes you looked at it previously, so... Any any two time offender for me is gone. You can't look at any season of his, you know, the same way. Like I said, so Cano obviously isn't out. I, with without this test though, I would have been on the fence with Cano because you would have as a Hall of Fame voter. As a Hall of Fame voter, because like, well, with like what Brody said, what he put out to the media, like you know maybe he was just like a diuretic, um, a masking, whatever, like not actually testing positive for a steroid. You could you could have had that narrative, like you know one positive test, like. Yeah, and then, you know, Cano, obviously, you know, we know why he had a good year last year, but Cano still, like, you know, Cano had a good 2020, so if he had a good 2020 and, you know, a, a couple other solid seasons with the Mets without testing positive, I think there's a case for him to get in. But now it's now, it's, you know, we know why he had a good year, a bounce-back year, and that's gone, like, you know. I'd be surprised if he even plays another major league game. That's a hot take, I know, but I think he's. I don't done think that's no. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think, think it, it I think the same feelings were felt when A Rod got suspended. I mean, yeah, I'm A Rod played another. No, game that's back. what I'm saying. He did come back, but I think it was up in the air for him too. I agree. So well, A Rod sued baseball. I don't think Cano's at a sue baseball. We'll yeah, A Rod. <laughs> yeah, he went out kicking and screaming, but 
Yeah. And now it's the comeback. Everyone loves A-Rod. Uh, yeah, guilty as charged. No, he but... Bought, he almost bought the match, which would have been horrible. It would have been, been hilarious right now. It would have been so That's funny. That's actually funny. Actually, that would have been, so been hilarious. No, but the Cano thing is unfortunate. I, again, it's, it's not... This is not as if it's like... Mejia on the Mets, that random reliever who was good for a year, then took steroids three times and got suspended from baseball. Like, this is one of the best second basemen to ever do it. He's a, I think he's a lock to make it if he never takes steroids. So he takes it the first time. It's almost like the fool me once, shame on you. Fool right? me once. Shame on you. Fool, fool me, me twice, twice, you can't get fooled again, is what the president fool said. Fool me three times, no you. Yeah, no, but, um, yeah, no, the second time he tested positive, it's like, that's a nail in the coffin. I think after the first time, I agree with Brendan, I think he gets in. I, I think you can, I don't want to say that you can, like, sympathize with it, but, like, it's the same way that I think Pettit has a chance. It's like, if you, if you, there are almost circumstances in this world where you can make a mistake and, like, you're not, like, you know, guilty for death. This is this is bad. Like his baseball career is done. Like he'll never be looked at the same. Whether figuratively or literally, Cano's career is pretty much over now. True. Robinson Cano is suspended for the entire 2020, it's 2021 Jeff McNeil season. season. It is Jeff McNeil season. Or the main he was season. playing anyway. <laughs> it, yes. So no, now like let's official now. now let's transition to talking about Brendan's favorite team, the New York Yankees. So the Mets, the the Mets are in. A very interesting position. They just got bought by Uncle Steve. They have a lot of money to spend. And one of their starting infielders is Gonzo McBonzo for the 2021 season. There are a lot of options. One of them just being Jeff McNeil. Except he, Jeff McNeil is very versatile and he can play a lot of different positions. Um... Yeah, I don't think he's, like, just Jeff McNeil. He's, like, pretty ridiculous. No, I know. Well, yeah. that's... That, all right. Poor word choice. He's really an all-star infielder. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my name's Jeff. Um, <laughs> just wrote so, about that movie, actually. <laughs> Hilarious. So, so, Jeff McNeil is a great option to have at second base. You could also play him in left field or even... Um, Third. Third. Yeah, or on the left side of the infield. However, there are some very interesting options available for the Mets to replace Cano in more, how we say, lucrative terms. One of them being DJ LeMahieu, one of them being Francisco Lindor. Let's talk about it. What do we think will happen? You go first, Brennan. Okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a lot of presidential uh, statements right here. I like this. We should hey, keep going. Here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> a denial of sexual relations with that woman. All right, continue. Cano, had, <laughs> Cano was one of the most productive hitters last year, but obviously we know why. So uh, Cano, very spendable. And if they were going to lose, like if the Mets had to like pick a guy out of their starting lineup and say, hey, like who would we want to like just get rid of and like not pay their salary for a year? Cano would be that guy. He's super expendable because the Mets have, you said Jeff McNeil, but they also have uh, Med Rosario, Andres Jimenez, J.D. Davis is an infielder. They have a glut of infielders. Jeff, Luis uh, Guillorme actually I mean, had a good year. J.D. Like, Davis is alive. <laughs> laugh at me if you want, but Guillorme is like a solid middle infielder. Uh, Guillorme like, did have like a 400 batting average for like half the year. It's not, no, not but the Mets, the Mets have a glut average. of infielders, so Cano, it kind of like was, Cano was kind of clogging up a second base spot. And everyone else was going to have to work around him. But now, like, the Mets have much more flexibility with how they can position, you know, McNeil. Because before, if you want to get, like, a Springer or a Lindor, you kind of had to move 
other pieces around. Like maybe you have, you would have to trade a Nemo or trade a, D, a GD Davis, which I don't think is a bad idea. But no, I I agree. But now you don't necessarily have to do that because you can move McNeil the second like just automatically, and then you can decide to move uh, Nemo to a corner. You can get a guy for center field like a JBJ or Springer if you want to go big. Uh, you can get you can get, get a third baseman. You can get like a well, let's be hilarious, but Justin Turner the free agent. There's guys out there. Be hilarious. Uh, I, I have a, no one I have a, I, I, yeah, there we go. Arenado I don't, I don't want, I, out at the end of next year. I don't like the fit with Arenado personally. I would I would appreciate him on the other New York team, but I think him on the Mets would be really cool. But um, but yeah, Cano. It also like gives them twenty more million twenty million more dollars to spend in free agency, which I don't think was a problem with like their capital. But like they weren't going to blow. It's huge. It's huge. It is big. That's, that's George Springer's contract for one year, right there. Also, oh, it's like paid for by insurance. Like, yeah, you know what I think about it? Like, well, like, like Mark, a good neighbor, George Springer is there. Well, yeah. the way I look at it, like Marcus Stroman, I did not think he was going to accept the, the qualifying offer, but he accepted a one-year $18.9 million deal. So, basically, you, you can kind of, like, say that we got Stroman back for free if we want to, like, go there. Whoever you want to pick Cano's contract on and say he's free, I agree 100%. I think that is important, though, that they that Stroman is back, maybe, for a little bit more money than I would have given him, but, you know, he accepted the qualifying offer. So, so one year, there's no, 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 one, there's no, one, there's no bad one-year deals. In all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I don't even disagree with that. That's well, actually very poetic. Well, I agree. Robinson Cano, if you pay him even a cent this year. Uh, like, they're not paying him $20 million, but, like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, but they're not. So. Yeah, insurance. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, it's a good point that you brought up Stroman, but I, I don't want to... So, so I think it's important to note that in this whole conversation, the Mets have a lot of money to spend, and they had the highest batting average in baseball this year, two seventy two batting well, average. Well, but uh, even so, they had. No, I'm kidding. No, the Mets had a really good offense. This yeah, year. they had a really good offense in a really bad pitching staff. Like their bullpen was really off, and their starters were even worse. That being said, uh, Rick Porcello and Michael Waka, probably their two worst starters, yeah. and just one of their two of their worst arms in the pitching staff are free agents. So yeah, those were gimme deals. I I agree. Yeah. So. There are guys out there who, even if you don't get a Trevor Bauer, are still going to be an improvement for the Mets, especially with Marcus Stroman coming back, having held out, not held out, having just opted sat out, out. Yeah, opted out, having just sat out the season last year yeah. due to COVID. So, like Trevor Bauer would be a great option for the Mets. It would be an expensive option, but a great option. He did just win the Cy Young Award. Alternatively. You have Masahiro Tanaka, you have James Paxton, Jake Odorizzi. There are guys out there who would be vast improvements for a team that already has a great batting average. I actually really like the Odorizzi fit here. He's like he's what you wanted from Porcello, but like he's a lot closer well, to being that guy. I think with Uncle Steve as the owner now, they don't have to make I love the, calling him. He's <laughs> not even your uncle. They don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, my dad is Uncle Steve to my cousin. He can be whatever so. I want him to be. Um, <laughs> no, with this new owner and new like sense of cash flow, um, you don't have to do these like um, like high risk, high reward signings like a you know a Waka, Porcello, even a Batantis. I can consider like a high risk, high ceiling guy. Like. You can go for the gore, the pre, the, the gourmet guys. You can go for the premium guys that just pay for the quality. Uh, bellissimo. <laughs> like gourmet. they gave Porcello a one year, like ten million dollars. Like they go, they, I don't know, these little like digging in like the the trash, digging in like the trash can. Shopping in the clearance aisle. 
Yes, that's a good way to the put it. The 99 cent store. No, but like that said, now, yes. you, now you can like think of more legitimate options like Trevor Bauer or even like, you know, Tanaka, Paxson, Odorizzi, those are, or Troy Morton, who I think is the best bit of out of that tier of pitchers. I just saw him, I, I don't know, it's it's like... You're it, allergic to Charlie Morton, I don't know I'm why. not even allergic to Charlie Morton, I guess I just don't really love one-year deals for, especially players who are that old. That's why I love one-year deals. No, I know. I know. I, no, it's it's just kind of a mix. Like I, I would rather just like lock up guys who were younger, and ensure that they're going to be at least marginally better than anyone else who you could have signed for more money per average annual value. So, I, I, I don't know. I think Charlie. I also think that Charlie Morton had a really bad like regular season last year. I know he's a great postseason pitcher. He didn't even have that great of a postseason this past year. Innings. He had, first of all. His 4.70 RA over 20 innings last year was still better than, like, three Mets starters. No, I know, like, but I'm saying... The guy. No, yeah. no, but, like, think about the market for Charlie Morton versus Jake Odorizzi, for example, who you said could be yes, good Yes, I, I don't disagree with I that. I think that they could get a better pitcher than Charlie Morton, a.k.a. Jake, Jake Odorizzi, for a cheaper price. For a longer time. That's a lot more insurance for me as a Mets fan. Well, if I were a Mets fan, I just converted for a second. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's out of pocket. More choice of words once again. He just came out of the closet. I yeah, that's pretty whack. Yeah. We're open, dude. Well, We're my, open. I, well, my dad grew up a Mets fan. And then yeah, I <laughs> Um, So I would I would rather Jake Odorizzi than Charlie Morton. But I think just going back in terms of just the money that the Mets have um, and the fact that they do have a very interesting and precarious situation in the infield. DJ LeMahieu has made it known that he wants to stay in New York, not necessarily with the Yankees, and it's very possible that he could sign with the Mets. I don't think so, but... I'll dispel it for you. I'll, go ahead, I'll, let go me, ahead. First of all, yesterday's tweet made me very happy, if you guys didn't see... I actually um, didn't see it. A reporter reported that the Yankees are willing to give... Let me who the five years he wants. No, no, no. Wait, really? I, think, I, I saw a tweet like that. What did you see? That they're I, discussing I, years? I said that I read that um, LeMahieu was seeking a five-year deal and was um, willing to take less money to save the Yankees. Oh, that also works. So we saw two tweets, both good. I saw one that the Yankees were willing to meet the years, which I think is the biggest hurdle in these contract talks. And, okay, so if the Yankees are willing to meet the years and if LeMahieu wants to take less money to go to the Yankees... Bread and butter. I agree, that being said, if the Mets just overpay in general, it might not be the worst idea for LeMahieu to stay in New York. No, obviously, listen, you know, I, I, I actually, for the first time, I'll say this, the Mets are in the type of position where they actually can outbid the Yankees if they see fit. I think that's very possible. I mean, they, they've but, not been the Yankees before. No, I know, but it, it hasn't happened where they actually signed the guy. Like this might be, this is, this this might be a time. However, <laughs> I, I don't probably is the last time I can remember the yeah outbidding the Yankees. Like I'm a premium guy, not like I'm yeah Batances, you know. No, well, yeah, the, the Yankees well, literally called Batances. So... You're gone, which is sad. I love Batances. I love Batances too. Yeah, He's a Hall of Famer. He literally like five straight All Star games. I yeah, agree. No, yeah. Alright, anyways, this is what I honestly think for the Mets. I don't think they're getting LeMahieu. I don't think they I don't think they need LeMahieu. I think I agree with Brendan here. The Mets have like four guys in the infield they really should be playing. Now you could a lot of them are very switchy on defense. You can move them all over the place. Like Which would make Davis, more sense for a trade. Yes, I agree. Although we'll like that there. Yeah, I don't know. Like JD Davis, correct me if I'm wrong, he also plays the outfield, right? Uh he does. poorly. 
He but, should not be in the outfield. All right, he's fair. a third baseman. I mean, he really should be a DH. He's not even a good third baseman either. He, okay, Alonso should not be. So in he the should field. be off the team. So <laughs> yeah, Alonso is a better fielder than JD Davis. Oh, that, then that says a lot because Alonso's a terrible <laughs> first baseman. All right, so oh, that's, hey, that's, oh, metrics hate him. Go Gators. Go the Gators. Metrics hate him. All right, no, this is what I actually see though. Jimenez has to see the field. Rosario is hitting well. I, 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 I think he's a good fielder too. I don't, I don't, not such a big fan of Rosario, but like. They're, they have guys in the infields. They don't need to make a deal for LeMahieu. I think it's they're much better suited getting Lindor and locking him up long-term. He's younger, and he's probably projects better long-term if his defense holds. So that's what I would do if I'm the Mets. And if they have all this money, put it in a young guy where they can actually afford him forever. Like, that just seems like the guy, like... For the Mets, it seems like Lindor's the guy. I actually love the Boom Shakalaka Nolan Arenado trade. I think if you do a trade, you for, love Nolan Arenado. I do love Nolan Arenado, but I think it works if you trade like like J.D. Davis and Brandon Nimmo and like Andre Semenez for for Arenado. I don't want to burst your bubble, but it does not get it done. It does not get it done. It might. The Rockies are selling him. That's. What? Also, he could, magic beans. He could also be a theoretical one-year deal with the opt-out looming. He, well, he same could. thing with Lindor, though. He you could, just, but you, you take the risk. But no, but I'm saying like, the value, the, the the price you have to pay in a trade is not going to be the same. You know, with, if he had more controllable years. No, yeah, but I'm the saying Mets, they're both. The Mets have a lot of guys sure. that are going to decline in value if they don't see the field more often, and I think that Ella if they and Duhar. I agree. The Yankees should trade him, but that's for last episode. But <laughs> I think I would love to see Arenado just not on the Rockies. He needs to be on a good team, and he needs to be in the playoffs immediately. But just in terms of the principle, fine. Arenado or is probably more likely Lindor. I think is a good move, even if they even if they do get Lemayhew. Like somehow, if they work that out, that would be insane. I but think you're like just getting rid of a lot of prospects, but like you could do it. But like the Mets, the Mets also have a lot of prospects to spend. Like, they, they have a very they have a deep prospect. They, 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 they do. Have you played a top ten prospect in the Have you played a Have you played a Mets franchise? They have, they, the have a, they have a top heavy system, but they're not. It's not a very deep system. But they have guys that they could trade, but they shouldn't be trading. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, the Rockies would eat up Andre Simonez. They would. They have Brandon Rogers sitting there dying to play. Why are they going to trade for another guy like that? Yeah, but Brandon Rogers has never seen the field. Well, they're also going to lose Trevor Story in here. He was drafted over Correa. They could play Rogers and Correa. Correa was drafted one overall. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, he was drafted over Swanson then. It was. Oh, wow. So, Dancing Swanson, greatest player in baseball. He's really good last year. Check yourself. Anyway, so so let's let's sum up the Mets because well, we've been I, talking I, I, about. I haven't talked about my Mets. My Mets. All right, let's, friends. Brendan. I'd love to hear what you would like to see from the Mets this offseason, and then let's move on. Okay. No. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to spend. It's not a Mets podcast. It's a baseball podcast. As much as you want it to be. Um. So <laughs> just sum it up. The Mets have three rotation slots locked up. Um. I think it's three. So Degrom, Stroman, and then David Peterson really impressed his rookie year. So I think he's locked himself a spot. And I think Seth Lugo is moving back to the bullpen where he fits them much better. So that's two rotation spots. I think Trevor Bauer fits really well for the Mets. I think uh, he's really a number two. I don't know if he's an ace. He'll probably get paid like an ace, but I'm fine overpaying a little bit. If you can, you know, even if he regresses a little bit, becomes like a, a low to mid 3.5 ERA guy with like a nice strikeout rate. Um, Noah Syndergaard is looking around like a June, July return to the mound. Which would be like a nice like trade deadline acquisition, so to say. So I think Trevor Bauer to the Mets will happen. 
Uh, so that gives them with like Strowman, and I think they'll get one more guy with with the tier like a Odorizzi, a Morden, or Tanaka. Um, so I think those they'll make two starting pitcher acquisitions. Everyone's like talking about like you know like Rilamudo, Springer, like Lindor, Arenado. The Mets' biggest, like you said, Matt, the Mets' biggest need is the pitching staff, which were, that's that's why they that's why they missed out in the playoffs last year. It wasn't because they, they didn't hit enough. They have guys that can hit. Like let's spend on the pitching. We have the, these resources. We have Strowman, Syndergaard. Oh my God! It's so much time on the Mets. <laughs> um, it's like fifteen minutes. It's not even that bad. So I think spend on the. <laughs> yeah. Spend on the pitching, and then maybe you get like one guy, like a Springer or a Lindor, or you do the Bouchard. Yeah, I will just say this as a cautionary tale before we move on. I know Daddy Cohen has a lot of money. That's like about five hundred million dollars worth of contracts right there. So like, we'll see. We'll, well see if he's that, really. Over, it's over a certain number of years. It's not, I know, but I'm just saying in general. Well, like, they're we, very, they don't have any contracts. Especially now, you're absolutely right. I would not be surprised. They have a pretty I mean, young core with like McNeil, Alonzo, Rosario, who aren't really paid right now. So. Well, we will. The Mets have a lot of opportunities to do some crazy stuff this offseason. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to the used to be defending World Series champions, the Washington Nationals, who are in a very interesting position because they had a bad year this past year. I hate the Nationals. Yeah, that's fine. They have a. They had a very bad year last year. They lost Anthony Rendon and Bryce Harper two years or a year earlier than that. That's absurd to begin with. I don't know how they see least trying Strasburg over Rendon. I, I hate that move. All right. Well, Strasburg got hurt. I, I don't even hate well, it. Well, either way, what's interesting about the Nationals this year is that they have a lot of great young guys, and even guys who aren't so young, like Trey Turner, had insane seasons, and Juan Soto is arguably the future of baseball. All of their free agents are old guys. Like, these are not guys that you're trying to sign to, like, more than basically a year. Drupal Cabrera, Adam Eaton, Howie Kendrick, uh, Kurt Suzuki, Eric uh, Thames, and Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, obviously Ryan Zimmerman's a legend in Washington, but like... I forgot he was still on the team. I just... They try to piece together, like, after he won, they won a World Series, they, like, they went around and gained these mid-tier, like... I can, I, I'm gonna say, like, they're clearance guys, you know? No, I mean, I yeah, they gave out a 200-something... That's what I'm saying. That these, they, you got to spread the money around, you know? Like, yeah. you can't... Like, the Eric Thames should not be your starting first baseman. He's a good... He's a fine, like, bench... For, you know, uh, Sterling Castro is, like, okay. I know, but let's also keep in mind... should not be your starting third baseman. They also, didn't go also, into the season thinking they were winning the World Series, and then they won it because they just had a sick, like, second half of postseason. I don't know. If I'm the Nationals... I don't whether you want to sign Rendon or Strasburg. It already happened. I didn't hate the signing. I didn't hate the signing. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. The Nationals. I agree with Matt one hundred percent. Their pitching staff is is amazing right now. And well, it's amazing. It's amazing in theory because Max Scherzer even had a bad year for him last year. That's Patrick Cor- Patrick Corbin was absolutely terrible last year, and he's on a massive contract. And Strasburg was injured. A lefty though. Yeah, they're also an old <laughs> pitching staff. Like they are an old pitching staff, and again, a lot, not necessarily their core, but a lot of the guys who they're losing are just old players. Also, like Sean Doolittle, Anibal Sanchez are also free agents. So it's like you're losing a lot of guys over thirty across the board in the batting order. And in the pitching staff. They got, so, they got moves to make. They got moves to make, or they're just rebuilding. <laughs> I, don't think re- I don't know if you can rebuild with like Juan Soto, who is like a probably a top yeah, no, five you, player in baseball. You cannot. I mean, also, you, you have to. Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin locked up to those deals. I'm, I think Scherzer's actually finishing up his deal pretty soon. He's two more years, I think. Uh, two more years. Well, I just think that they're in a very competitive division, and they're, they're probably the worst. The they most, have the, too the many holes to fill. Yeah, I, I They agree. have too many holes to fill. 
So I think that they could spend this offseason if they choose to, because um, they are losing a lot of a lot of money and guys that they wouldn't have re-signed for a lot of money anyway. So they have money to spend. I don't. I don't really think it's that. I don't know. Useful. You don't think they could get like a, a Marte here? Like they could. They Sarla could... Marte accepted his option. Oh I my think. god, I forgot about that. Yeah. I wish the Mets would be in on that if Marte was available. I always thought they should have traded for Marte. I was, I was on the Marte train. We were all on the Marte train. We'll talk Big, about Marte in a second. Speaking of steroids. No. But, um, <laughs> speaking of steroids. Um, no, I, 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 you guys are low on them. Brendan hates them, I know. I, I, I really I'm like... I'm low on them. I'm just realistic. No, realistically, it's a very, yes, they have It's a very competitive division. The Braves I, are going to come in first next year. I disagree. The Braves are going to come in first next year. I division competitive is... is Closing your eyes and saying, "Yeah, the Marlins coming in second is not." I'm not even talking about the Marlins. I think the Mets could. Uh, the Competitive. Mets, the Mets are primed for a huge jump next year, and I also think that the Phillies could could very I easily clear their. I agree their that they're all competitive past. with each other, but none of these teams scream, "I'm clearly the guy," or at least second in the in the division. The Mets literally came in last last year. They need to make moves. They came in last to, last year, but I think jump. they also yeah they tied with the Nationals. So they right the Nationals. But think also about but think about that good. I agree. But yeah, I'm saying so, no. But so I'm saying about, they have one of the best players on the says. on the entire planet at the age of like 22. Like they're gonna be okay. No, they just I, need a couple, I know they're gonna be okay. Uh, I know they're gonna be okay, and I also know that Juan Soto is literally our age. So hilarious. like well, you could give you could give the Nationals a second before they they try and go after another World Series. I think it would be wise to, to let their whole entire rotation. No, not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that they not a reload, but it's just like that. I don't think that they could spend as much as they want, but I think that it's a waste of money if they if they try and win now. I think they try and win in a couple of years, and they try and build that pitching staff back up. Because Scherzer, Scherzer is going to be gone by the time the Nationals are competitive get again, no matter what. If that's the case, then maximize his value right now. If that's the case, then you trade him, A. You Whoa. trade him to the Yankees, because we'll do it. I'm down. Oh, gosh. No, but they also have Kai Boom. K- K- Boom? How do you pronounce Carter it? Kai Boom. Kai Boom. He's coming up. He's a top prospect. They have guys that Luis are Garcia there. Luis Garcia is also really great. They also... Oh, what's the outfielder? Victor uh, Robles? Yes, thank you. He was terrible last year. He's, he'll be fine. But he'll be fine. They, you, you're, it's remiss to say that they don't have young guys. They, have a, they had a really no, good... No, they, they 100% do. They also, can you imagine the... if they didn't trade Giolito for Eaton? My God. Giolito was on the Nationals. That, that was a good trade, yeah. Oh, Giolito. my God. He was on the Nationals. So, was, um, so was Ronaldo Lopez, who was also yeah. in that trade. Terrible. No, it was a good trade at the time. Aiden was good for like a f- wow. for years. I think he was hurt for like a whole year. That uh, on a separate note, but just because you guys brought it up, what if Fernando Tatis was on the the White Sox? And yeah, no, he got <laughs> traded in the oh, James, James Shields. Shields. Hilarious. That would have been. But, um, <laughs> dude, it's, uh, that's actually back. To, that's like the Swanson deal with Shelby Miller. That was terrible from the start. Guys, GM's got to stop trading someone. The Shields are a top heavy roster. They have too many holes to fill. I actually like your plan of like sitting, sitting back for a year. Not saying like you know, I don't think they're gonna rebuild. Yeah, I don't think you tank. Not, like, I don't think they're gonna rebuild and like trade guys. But like, could they float around like Scherzer? I don't think that's gonna happen because like you still you have to like go for it if you have like Scherzer, Strasburg, Soto on your roster. But like, I don't see them like you can't spend on three or four different holes. No, they won their ring. No, no I, I agree. I'm somewhere to. in the middle here. Player guys, player Garcia's and your Cleveland. Yeah, I think what I'm saying though is there's going to be some positive regression here. Their young guys are not going to suck like they did this year, aside from Soto. They're going to be okay. They will not come in last in the division. I don't think they will. I, th- I honestly think the Marlins will come in last. No, I think that they like, might. I think it's possible. I think anything's possible in a 162 they, season. They need a starting pitcher. Very correct. Let's say like 
it's the offseason preview, so like they lost Anibal Sanchez and really realistically they need like a starter or two behind the Jake Lorizzi would make sense. That's yeah. like expensive for that rotation. I wouldn't even know. They, have have they have the th- very expensive top three that's pretty yeah, old. But it's like, how old is how old is Jake Lorizzi? Like thirty, right? And isn't Chris Archer like thirty four? Art no, they, Archer's they, they thirty four no. no. They could do a couple no, Archer's not thirty four. They I mean, could Archer's do they could do a couple 40. the Nationals could do like a lot of like um a few Chris low risk one year deals. The and thing that's a baseball this offseason, there's gonna be a lot of there's so many people out of work right now that are free agents. Jeff Rizzi is thirty and Chris Archer's thirty two. But with like COVID and stuff, like and team slashing payroll, I think you could like you could just like snipe up a couple like guys on one year deals that's really cheap. And you can stash them in your like depth you know, they can get like a couple like guys that wouldn't be necessarily out of their price range. No, but like you know, <laughs> like like I think Mike, I don't know, like a Mike, a Mike Miner. Like you can get guys on the cheap, but I think this offseason the way you couldn't in the past. Look, nominative determinism, which basically means that your name dictates your job, is too apropos for Mike Miner. So I don't trust him. Also, he, that was a joke. Thank you. Also, one. here's a hot take: the Nationals need a catcher. What's stopping them from getting JT Realmundo? Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm literally saying that they're gonna spend because uh, they have a sick uh, team. Young goes. <laughs> That's no, actually, Real Muto, I actually never like saw them projected to get him. I don't think it's happening. No, it makes sense. I, I don't I, think it's happening. Either, I mentioned but... to Brendan. I think the Reds make sense, but like I also I don't disagree that they the they Reds spent last year and they were a small market team. It's not happening. It's so stupid. All right, moving on because I don't want to talk about the Nationals anymore. <laughs> Wait, we got. Well, I think the, the Nationals also need a third baseman. They need an infielder. Yeah, the Nationals. They need a lot. They have a lot of young guys. Oh, they need a fir- you, know what, you know what would fit them well? They need a first baseman. What about Carlos Santana on a oh, bounce what back? What about Nolan Arenado? No, because no, they have Clay Garcia at second. Have a Turner at short. Keep him with third. Get like a Carl Santana yeah, for first. Yeah, is leaving. I think that's smart, and so is Ryan Zimmerman. I you guys realize that if they get Carl Santana, you could make the argument that they're actually good, not no. just the bad. I, you guys are you're, you're forgetting how ridiculous. When Soto Patrick is. Corbin has a ERA yeah, at least above a good five, division. Let's like not forget that. When, when Patrick Corbin, no one was above five hundred except for the Braves. Hey, when past small sample the, size, I, didn't the Marlins finish at like one game over five hundred? Yeah, okay, so you lose. So when Patrick, I hate the least more than life itself. Patrick Corbin has an ERA above five next year. You're gonna ask yourself why the Nationals didn't sign a pitcher. Anyway, the Nationals have a lot to spend. They're losing a lot of old guys. Their young core is very young, and they have to mature. Let's move on to the Phillies. They're also only paying the pitching staff. No yeah. one on their office. My, my least favorite team in the NL East, the Phillies. Uh, it's almost as if they're the Mets rivals. You literally hate like everyone in the NL East, but the Mets don't even talk. So the <laughs> Phillies, the Phillies. I hate the Mets too. They should have. <laughs> <laughs> so the Phillies finished twenty eight and thirty two. They were two games uh, so ahead of the Nationals and Mets. Not um, all, but I always was low on them. Um, you can't be low on everyone, bro. They are losing. They are losing JT Real Muto, who is overrated as a catcher. Just what? overrated because he is a catcher. Just saying. No, he's, That's just my opinion. he's not overrated. He's amazing. It's, we're saying the same thing. He's the clear best at his position, and he's valued. Yeah, I just think that catchers are overrated, but. And I think really good catchers are really good baseball players. But, um... I don't even know what that means in this context. <laughs> Obviously, he's a really good baseball player. All right, move on. No, I think especially so. So they're losing JT Romuto. They're also losing Didi Gregorius. Um, but they they do have a pretty solid core on paper. Um, Bryce Harper had a very Bryce Harper season. This is the season that, they, that the Phillies paid him to do. Have an OBP of... 420 and slug 542 OPS plus of 157 
for Hall of Fame comparison, a general OPS plus for a Hall of Famer for his career is about 120. So just to put that into perspective of how good Bryce Harper was last season. I know, but it's still good to look at. Um, Alec Bohm was awesome last year. He came oh, in, in yeah, second or third for Rookie of the Year. Uh, he was top three. I don't know if he was second or third. Was he, did he really get top three? Yeah, he was top three. Wow. Yeah, I want him to win. So Zach yeah, Wheeler had a, one, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin had great seasons. Aaron Nola was really good. Jake Arrieta, I'm pretty sure Jake Arrieta is leaving. He's right? gone. He's a free yeah. Agent. So Jake Arrieta is a free agent. That's a bad sign. They had the worst bullpen in baseball in, in history. Of ERA. I think it was history. I think they had the worst bullpen in history. history. So it should be very obvious what they have to do in order to compete in this division. Liam Hendricks. I agree. said it in the top. I think. I think I predicted they got two out of the top three bullpen guys. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. if it happens. So Liam Hendricks, Alex Colomay also makes sense. Brad, Brad Hand, Hand makes sense. I think I said. I think it's a Colomay and Hand. With the two Canley. Guys. Canley. Canley. If he leaves, I will cry. He's so definitely I, but so like I really love him. So it could happen. I think I I just want to say like just as Yankees fans, I think we just love good bullpens because I think like no matter no, the really? no matter the power, no matter the average that the Yankees have had for the years that we've rooted for them, they've pretty much always had a great bullpen, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, I cannot imagine the frustration. Well, because the Yankees never have like a star-studded at the Mets. <laughs> you gotta have a star-studded rotation or a star-studded bullpen. You gotta have pitching. Realistically, pitching you have. Defense. I have never seen two pretty best friends. Real. Okay. Uh, Do you guys not have to? You guys don't have TikTok. For our viewers, one of them always has to be ugly, and they'll get it, and you guys won't. Not true. Look at me uh, and Brendan, the prettiest of best friends. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> I actually like that analogy. <laughs> it's literally so popular right, on TikTok fine, right now. Ugly one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, That's actually so funny. So, so the Phillies uh, are losing Real Muto, who was a good bat in their lineup. I, I just, in general, I just don't love... He hit, catchers. like, 280 and, like... He hit 266. And oh, that's a down year for him, then, hitting-wise. Yeah, I know, and he's on a downward spiral since he got traded. But I'm just saying... Look, 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 look at his OPS every year. Dramatic. He got traded. I think it went up every year. All right, either way. <laughs> Chasm for I think it's very... Also, his freighting metrics that went up this year. I think it's very simple Phillies. that the Phillies have to do something for their horrible bullpen. I also think that didn't they have Jake? Or no, Jake Odorizzi was on the Rays. He was on. He was yeah, never on the Rays. He was on. He was on the. No, Rays. No, no, I'm not confusing my Jakes. I'm I really think confusing want, Jeremy Hellickson and Jake Odorizzi. That's what really I think. You want Odorizzi on every team. Every team should get an Odorizzi type guy. I really like Odorizzi. I think Trey Morton also fits with the Phillies here. They need. They need. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Also, could the Phillies just stop by pitching Vince Velasquez? Like he just stinks. Like. They, need they a, always do it, though. They always, like, throw them out. And, like, yeah, I agree. No, wait. Eflin was good last year. Exactly. It was a good signing by them. Noel's great. They have two spots to fill the rotation. Maybe Spencer Howard fills one of them. But they need a guy there. So, a Morton or Order really makes sense. I think, realistically, the biggest issue for the Phillies is replacing Gregorius. Because he reset his contract with his one-year deal in Philly. Oh. And he's probably gone. I think they need help. So, I think... Did anyone really reset their contract? Here's the thing. With COVID, I, think I, don't, think, I don't think he's getting 20 a year. I never said he was getting 20 a but year. But he was getting 15 this year. Yeah. So, like... So, maybe 16 next year. Reset his contract. No, I, less. It was a one-year deal. I think he gets less than 15. Uh, so do I, which is unfortunate because he deserves more. He deserves more. But, like, I don't think he gets that. I think, the, I think they... I don't know if they will resign him. I think they could resign him. I think... Well, I don't know. I think what the what would be very interesting here is a very moneyball type move where Didi had a great bat. He batted two eighty four, but his OBP was three thirty nine, which comparatively isn't great, and it actually brought down the Phillies total OBP from last year, which was three forty eight, and it was second in baseball only to to the Braves who were at three forty nine. So 
if the if the Phillies really want to pull a Billy Bean here, they will get someone with a higher, not necessarily batting average, but just someone with a higher OBP yeah. to have just guys on base on on the base paths for for your Alec Bones, your Bryce Harpers, or your uh, Andrew McCutcheons to hit mad well, diggers all season long. Him at all. Yeah, also put some respect on Dee's name because he's also a slugger when he's right. I totally, no, I totally am. I have short porch, not really. No, no, no. no. Uh, Dee had such a good year this year. Uh, Since uh, Bank Park in Yankee Stadium, uh, not a slugger, my butt. No, but that, so that's not the point. Dude. The point I'm trying to prove is, is the Phillies, very obvious that they have to replace bullpen arms, and there are ample opportunities, although most of them... too. Most, I could lose well, Ramudo. All right, hold on. There, Lindor, anyone? Alrighty, hold on. Their their bullpen is very easily fixed, despite that the that the options are relatively older than what you might want to rebuild the bullpen. So they had the worst bullpen in baseball history last year. It's very easy to to at least remedy that. Not they'll be better next year. It. Yeah, they'll be better next year because they're going to sign one of them. They're going to sign a Calame or a Hand. Also, you just can't beat the worst. In history, back to back year, it's like impossible to do. Yeah, I don't know. No, uh, but so yeah, I mean, so, maybe <laughs> I don't know. So bullpen is a pretty obvious fix. I think the very interesting fix again is at shortstop because there are a lot of interesting guys who are available next this year. But next year, as we've talked about on this podcast, is crazy for shortstops. Give me Didi on a one year deal, and then get yourself Correa. I don't, I don't even like Correa. I would say like Seager. Or I don't know. They have put Segura set at short. They have Segura. They have Alec Bowen. They have Scott Kingery in the infield. They have Reese Hoskins. Give me a center fielder. Give me George Springer. He's a Connecticut guy. Bring him back to the uh, the East. I don't hate that either. I think I predicted. Well, but you need. Did I say them getting Springer? Right, I think Springer, I get them getting Springer. Yeah, Springer and Mike try to go to the Phillies. No, I and think Springer going to either the Mets or the Phillies. You, no, because they need to replace a right-handed bat if the Phillies lose Real Muto. So give me George Springer in center field. Yeah, but Who else is in their outfield, though? Who did they like play McCutcheon, in McCutcheon, Harper. I think right now their center fielder is like Roman Quinn. Yeah, oh, okay, perfect. That's totally right. They don't no, they put do McCutcheon need a center, center anymore, right? No. They do need a center Jimmy fielder. Jimmy J also fits. They need a center fielder. They do need a center fielder, but I think that the position where they can really lose out on a lot is, again, shortstop. No, I disagree entirely. I, I completely think, agree with I think you They could fill him with Kingry, which who I hate, but like they could do it. Well, they signed Kingry long-term. Yeah, I They would... Degrade at a pl- in a area that they were really good at, even more so. Well, not more so, but again, at center. they they can fix also, that. I'm not talking also. about different positions. I'm talking about statistics. Yeah, I don't care. Their batting average. I mean, their on base percentage was second in baseball last year. That's a good thing to keep where it is. You know, how are you going to maintain that well, and even improve? Is one thing. How is their batting average? How is their run scored? You know, how are they going to win more games? How are they going to win more also, games? Also, McCutcheon's yeah. probably a D. They're going to fix their bullpen because they're going to win more games. I agree. We're picking at at straws here. I think they're going to get string. I think they're going to get Springer, or they're going to get another. Well, they're going to get Springer to be honest, but I think Phillies they, they can't get everyone right. They can't get everyone. I'm not saying they're going to get. They're going to get Bauer. They're going to get Lemayhew. They're going to get. Lemayhu. I did not. I would no, not you don't like Lemayhew. They're going to get Real Muto. Who are we kidding? No, no. I'm saying national for Real Muto. They're not going to get Real Muto. No, I think they should get Springer. I think they. Should get someone. I think shortstop will fix itself in house, and then they will just get. They're gonna pay for someone amazing next year. They could do that. They're well, I like my Springer picking now even more so because I think McCutcheon should be a DH next year. We haven't accounted for the fact that the NL will probably have the DH next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for like building a roster, you have to like really you know 
I don't know, like who will DH for the Nationals next year? Who will DH for the Phillies? Uh, the Nationals always have a Hoskins DH. Hoskins should guy. DH. I think, I think it's a good fielder. Though. Isn't Hoskins a good fielder? Um, I don't know. I think he could be, but I think the Cutching after the ACL surgery could definitely be a DH. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. So Springer could fit. Like he could, he could play some left field too if he goes to the to the Phillies. So I think it works. I agree. But also get a pitcher and God please for the bullpen. I agree. So Let's then, move on. Let's fine. I think we. I think I've been insulted enough with my picks for the Phillies enough. And we're also running so out of time. Who does Rico want to sign with next? <laughs> I think Nolan Arenado is going to the Marlins, but <laughs> I still have Gene Segura too. I forgot about that. No, yeah, Segura. That's what I'm saying. They don't like need DD. Yeah, they don't need DD. Get right. an outfielder. All right, I'm just, fight me. Okay, I just say they could lose at a very important aspect of baseball. Let's move on to our favorite team from the South, uh, or our two favorite teams from the South. Honestly, first we'll start with the Marlins. So. How they came in second last year, no one really knows. And no yeah, one will ever know. Michael trash. Hill was actually a really good uh, president of baseball operations. He got fired, though. He did get fired. Hilarious. However, they do have a great replacement. So, let's, let's go over what the Marlins did well, what the Marlins did terribly. What they did well is that... Or what they did terribly is that they did well. And they're a bad team, and they should just tank forever. Um, in all seriousness, though, the Marlins really surprised me, and I'm sure a lot of people... And they really have, like, if they're going to go for a win, this is probably the time to do it. Because, like, Miguel Rojas, who had a great season last year, is 31. Like, uh, Brian Anderson might be on his last legs in Miami, and he might go somewhere else after his contract is up. He's great. Uh, But there are also a lot of other guys that are here and that are exciting. Like, Corey Dickerson is great. Jesus Aguilar is great. Starling Marte is great. Yes, he is on a. He just accepted his one-year option, so he might be gone next year. And he is also 31, but he is great. So the Marlins are in a very interesting situation here, and they also had a great pitching staff in terms of their starters. Yeah, they're a really sneaky team. Yeah, they are a sneaky team. Jorge Faro is good. Aguilar was a good sign. Brandon yeah. Kinsler was awesome. They but started he's gone. So. They started filling out their uh, roster last offseason when they got Aguilar. They got Corey Dickerson. So they have like MLB talent on their, you know, which is which complements their young guys like Isan Diaz, Brian Anderson. Um, oh, I completely forgot about Isan. It's like Lewis, it's like Lewis Brinson still in their plans. I don't think so. But yeah, that was tar- yeah. He definitely shouldn't be. But like, well, he also should be like they Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Tixo Sanchez. Is oh, here he is. Their bullpen's like not even bad. Like they have a solid. Seth, they just are losing Brandon Kinsler, which is huge because he probably would have made the. I love. There was one this year. I love my pick of Michael Brantley to the the Marlins. Cause That's I, actually a really good idea. I do like that. Brantley, Brantley could be their. Brantley could be their DH. It's a professional number three hitter. Like I said during our free agency predictions, he's probably the safest free agent out there. Yeah, I love Michael Brantley. The defense. He, he's a DH, I think, and like maybe plays the outfield sometimes. I don't even that. I think he could play the outfield. I think he could play the outfield. Well, in Marlins, in Marlins Park, I think he's. I think it's, it's a, a health concern if you're hey, if Marcelo Zuna wasn't left for years in Marlins Park, I'm pretty sure that Michael Brantley could stay there and be fine. Well, they have like guys in the outfield already: Dickerson and Marte. Yeah, but Matt, yeah, I'm not Matt Cooper. But Matt Joyce like, is a free agent, and he's 35. Well, so Gonzo McBonzo. So well, Garrett Cooper. I guess he. I guess he probably could play over Garrett Cooper some days. I just. I think that the biggest. Um, the the. It's very interesting what the Marlins can do and what they should do. Again, they are losing Brandon Kinsler, who was one of the best closers in baseball last year, and was probably up for the Trevor Hoffman Award this past year. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, maybe Aleem Hendricks or any of the guys that could have gone to the Phillies. It's possible. 
I don't see them spending. I think for all the teams that are well, they don't have to spend necessarily on a on a closer just because closers don't make as much money as, for example, starters. I agree. I just don't see them. I don't see the Marlins making moves. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you don't see the Marlins making moves because the Marlins never make moves. But if you they sometimes make some small moves, I don't see them making a big move in the bullpen, but. Um, I don't see them making a big move anywhere. I, I'd sooner. I'm not them, saying that they need know. a big move. I'm just saying they have to replace They're, Brandon Kinsler, who's leaving. No, I, they could also resign Kinsler. I think. I, I, I actually pretty think sure. I'm pretty sure he's, he's got like they declined. I mean, they declined his four million dollar option. No, it's a free agent. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't think he's coming back. The infield's pretty crowded. You know, Diaz, also Miguel Rojas had a really good year at age 31 last yeah, year. Good. No, yeah, he's good. He had a breakout awesome. year. So like, Anderson's got to play in the infield. Um, I also could think that Jorge Alfaro is. Someone who I've been high on for years, yeah. and he just hasn't really, you know, his potential wasn't great uh, for years, and he didn't have a great year this year. So, well, he's got a great arm. He throws out base runners. And, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a dope defensive player. I actually really like him. They he's got not, him in the Real Muto deal. They did, oh. and I think that's a good move. You, you could upgrade over Jesus Aguilar at first, maybe bring in like a Carlos Santana. Like I actually think that Jesus Aguilar had a great season last year. No, I, I'm, he yeah. had a ton of home runs, but he's a he's a DH prospect here. So yeah, you could, so yeah, you could DH Aguilar and get a first yeah. baseman. But I think I, I like. Could Bryant, you play like, Eric Cooper at first, or is he not a first baseman? What? He's a first right field. You know, yeah, you're right. Eric Cooper yeah. can play first so, right field. Yeah. Also, like, but like Michael Brantley though, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, well, Nat Joyce is leaving, so I think that makes a lot of sense. And you could you could ship. And then, I mean, if you want to put Brantley at left specifically, then you could put Dickerson in right, or you could just put Brantley in right. Like, that like that's a move I can see them making. Like, yeah, maybe I mean, a starting pitcher, totally but I don't think they're gonna play high for starting pitching. They don't really need one. I, but they, uh, eh. everyone needs starting pitching. Always. Like they made the playoffs, but I don't see them making like aggressive I moves. I don't see them making aggressive moves because I don't think now is their window in any like. I think their way. window is. I, well, let's see what Miguel Rojas does in, in a couple of years. I think their window is starting now, and I think it's going to end in like two or three years. Well, I'm of the belief that this is not the type. This is not the roster construction that's going to lead to playoff success. Yeah, because. We've only, it could. Obviously, we've only seen the only see small market Floridian team that we've seen do well in the last couple of years is Tampa. I don't care if they're so from we're not, Florida or from the I'm trash cans in New York. I'm I not even all right. No, but you know what I mean. I just don't see how they're they're definitely my least favorite team in this division. And not even just because they don't I actually have an like the better than the Nationals. Like so much better actually. Yeah, I will die on the hill of the Nationals. Well, we gotta see. We gotta see the Nationals prospects do well, but I can make. I can see. see I can see it. any team in the NL East. We have to see the Marlins prospects doing well. The Marlins Super prospects could do really well too. Marlins prospects could do. Well. I also think that they made a great move at GM, and we'll see how that pays off for this offseason. I agree. Let's see if she could make some moves. Let's see if she's allowed to make moves. Let's, let me put it that way. Jeter is gonna let her make moves, please. With money. I don't know. I'm not saying with money. I'm just saying Jeter's going to... Yeah, oh, obviously he's not running the show. I'm saying, will she have the funds to make the moves that she wants? Yes, I doubt she it. she will have the funds to sign well, the closer. I mean, like... She 100%. Oh, a closer, definitely. No one cares about I would just say the Marlins, like, lost a lot of money, like, you know, not having fans this year, but they usually don't have that many fans anyway, so yeah, it, this that, probably wasn't that, that much of a... Yeah, yeah, it's not that much of a loss. It's a no-you to all of baseball. I, I don't think like, no one on They're used to, like, not having fans in the stands, so it didn't really affect her funds that much. Let's yeah. move on to the NL East, well, almost the NL pennant winners, but the NL East division winners, the Atlanta Braves, and uh, they have some, they had, also, they made one of the first signs of the offseason when they signed Drew Smiley to a surprising one-year $11 million deal. Who got it? Drew Smiley. Yeah, I didn't see that. He, like, pitched in, like, five, he had five starts last year. It was really good, had a really high strikeout rate. Um, they jumped out and got him, like, you know, which is surprising. He was, he was on that, wasn't he on the Rays team with Orderizzi and Cobb? Yeah, he was on the Rays. And that had such a good rotation that year. 
Braves, I think he's like jumped around for a bit. He was with the Giants last year. Yeah, so like the Bra- the Braves like kind of this last year where they signed Cole Hamels to a one year deal and like that didn't work out. Obviously, yeah, that one didn't work out. But I, I didn't mind. But Smiley's young, sense. and they have a top four now of um, Soroka. Well, not Soroka's hurt, but like Freed, Anderson, Drew Smiley, and I guess Kyle Wright, which is a pretty good place to start. They're, lo- they're losing really more. They're losing Marcelo Zuna to free agency, which I don't know if they can bring him back. They probably could. He's mostly a DH at this point in his career because of his shoulder issues. Yeah, yeah, it would be better to put him at DH, which, depending on the rules, might make more sense for him to go to an AL team. But we'll see what happens. I think he'll, I think he'll stay in the National. Well, the, the, the DH, not Zuna specifically, but I think uh, the he's DH. He's never is played in the AL. That'd be interesting. But like, he, I guess he plays the Astros to replace Springer. I also agree. Uh, I, I think Springer can go to Atlanta. I think that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, we uh, yeah, that's a good that's We a keep call. on like switch. I like they're pretty. Their markets are the same. They're 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 picking from the same pot of teams. So like we'll see. Well, they have a well. Duvall, I guess can play every day. But yeah, Cunha's like, the only like lock in the outfield right now. So I agree with you. Marquez is gone. Azuna's gone. Andrew Ciarte kind of stinks now. Their infield's crowded. You know they have. Um, Austin Riley and Camargo, but they could upgrade a third, but Swanson, Alvarez, and Freeman. The biggest deal for the Braves, despite bringing, well, besides Ozuna, I should say, they are repla- They have to replace a lot of guys in the bullpen, and a lot of That's guys true. that did really well. Like Mark Melanson, Darren O'Day, Shane Green, they all were awesome last year. They're a team that they have will guys, spend though. on the bullpen. They have guys, but Luke Jackson, AJ Hunter. But I'm just saying that they have a That's lot true. of they have a lot of potential. All they, well, not potential. They had a lot of all stars last year that are leaving now, and we've stated basically this whole podcast that uh, bullpens are pretty important. So, and they won the division. Of all the times that you said that a bad team is going to spend on a bullpen, this is the time where they will actually spend on a bullpen. Wait a sec. The Braves are not a bad team. I know, I'm but saying, I'm saying, I'm saying you no, said for almost every team, you're like, oh, the bullpen. I agree with you on this one, Matt. This is me complimenting your take. Take it in while it happens. Look, the NL, the NL East does great starting pitching and terrible bullpens. It's very simple. Great starting pitching? Okay. Except for Atlanta. Atlanta has really great everything. Yeah. Atlanta, no, I, Atlanta, look, Atlanta doesn't... Atlanta's losing a lot in the bullpen, but they are the best team in the division, and they'll probably win the division next year. But I don't think they have it locked up. That's the thing. I, I, I they are the best team in the division, definitely. But like, listen, their their rotation is very young, like so young, so talented, very good. So is their lineup, and one of it's their working. older guys on the lineup, Freddie Freeman, just won MVP. So no, it, listen. Well, I don't worry about their offense. Their offense is ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. They they need to make some changes, and like, to, I almost like Camargo defensively. He's so good that it's almost worth playing. And Ozuna, like, oh, replacing Ozuna or re-signing him is probably top priority. I agree. No, but I, I, I think the bullpen... No, I don't know. I think the bullpen is huge for them. They're the team, out of any of the teams that I've talked about so far, that I actually see them making like major moves. Like I could see them getting Brad Hand. To me, that makes a lot of sense. And it's not... Again, it's not even the fact that they had a bad bullpen this last year. It's the fact that they're losing so many of their great yeah. arms. I could see them losing to getting Hand to cover it up, because he's a multi-inning guy sometimes. I could. I, I, it makes sense. He's I've, the guy. So yeah, you were you were saying like you know outfield replacing Ozuna. I think they could like replace the outfield internally because they have Duvall, they have Inciarte. I, I could see them making like, a, a smaller move for to fill that outfield need, but I see them going after a third baseman. I think Justin Turner fits them really well actually. It's a right-handed bat, well, plays a good lose, defense. They did lose Josh Donaldson a couple of years ago. No, but no, I I, I I agree, and I think they definitely were hurting at third base this year. Uh, Ozuna, you know, was a good consolation prize for Leon Donaldson, but I think they really need to get a third baseman. More so than an outfielder, they can get a cheap one. Like they could also play Austin Riley in the outfield or DH. But his bat plays. Yeah. But I think I think Carter. It's also like he just fits well. I think with the the Braves. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't disagree. Uh, I, we, we love it. Rotation, I think they're done. I, I think they made their signing with Smiley. I do agree that bullpen they need to replace, but there's gonna be so many, you know, arms in the market, you know, relievers that they can just, you know, they can snipe up a few like one year, two million dollar guys. You no, know? of course, it's just important that they do that. In general. No, yeah, I think every team that do that, you know, Phillies included, they'll make a play for Liam Hendricks. I'm well, the sure. Phillies are in a much different position than the Braves. No, yeah, I don't think the Braves are getting Liam Hendricks, but like, there's gonna be a lot of the guys like that that mid tier range that they can just snipe up and you know that are quality arms that would. Would get a longer, maybe a two-year deal in a normal offseason, but we'll be settled for I, one year this year. I wonder if the Braves could actually just swindle like a trade for a for like an Aaron Bummer or something. They could make it. Well, they have the prospects to make any trade they want. I don't love trading for relievers though. Like putting a pack. Unless you're like, well, I know, but if it's like a thinky trade, then why not? You know. I feel like the only like big trades for relievers are like the elite guys, like the Chapmans or the Millers. You know, but like, like you don't so, trade like prospects for like a, a mid reliever. But like Ronald Acuna is a staple in in the outfield. So if you have an outfield prospect that's never going to see the field in ten years, why not trade him for? A oh, wait, wait, I forgot to mention Christian Pache. Pache. So he yeah, could play every day. That he could play like he, he can fill in for. I was about to say, one of those I don't. I, their, their outfield's actually like barren outside of him. So I don't think they trade outfield guys, but I think the infield is an is an option. No, I'm just saying as an example. I mean, like Enciarte is bad. Marquez is gone, and like Ozuna might be gone. So Acuna is the only guy who's who's there in the outfield right now. So you're right. Pache could come up. Um, but again, if they have an outfield prospect, I wouldn't be surprised. Or you know what? I'm sorry. If they have just a prospect in general, I wouldn't be surprised if they swindle a bullpen trade. I think it would make sense. But so those are our predictions. Very excited to see what the analyst is going to turn out to yeah, be. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a very active division. I think uh, Phillies are always big spenders. Mets now have some capital. The Nationals have a lot of holes to fill. The Marlins just uh, the Marlins are the Marlins. Well, again, the Marlins they came up, good. The Marlins came up a playoff appearance, so they could be more inclined to be more aggressive. And the Braves almost went to the World Series, so every team has motive to do something this offseason, and we'll be here to provide any updates, or, you know, we'll definitely, um, if, we, if we're right in any of our predictions, we'll definitely, you know... We'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Baseball for Breakfast, and on Twitter at Baseball for Brad one uh, have a great week. Have a great week, guys, and talk to you soon. Of all the boys I've known and I've known some, until I first met you, I was lonesome. And when you came inside, dear, my heart grew light, and this whole world seemed new to me. You're really swell, I have to admit. You deserve expressions that really fit you.